0: So we're just going to continue a little, for a little while in uh, the series that we're looking at in the Lord's Prayer. But also just recognise that there is, particularly today, I felt there's this link um, with uh, baptism. And in fact, Harry actually, as I said, literally said the core part of my sermon today. So that is brilliant. She didn't, I don't think she really knew what I was speaking on. So that's great. God, God's with us. So Matthew chapter 6, this is the very famous... A little section, Um, Jesus is walking, Uh, no he's not, where we are, over the page. Um, He says this, Matthew chapter 6 verse 5, when you pray, don't be like hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they have their reward in full, but when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your Father who is unseen, then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. When you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's the first half, God focused. And then there's this second half focusing on ourselves, which we'll come to in the next few weeks. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts, as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. And then I just want to read um, the very well-known verses a couple of pages back. In chapter three of Matthew, uh, entitled in the NIV, "The Baptism of Jesus," chapter three and verse thirteen, Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him to put him off, saying, "I need to be baptized by you, and you come to me." And Jesus replied, "Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness." It is the will of God. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water at that moment. Heaven was opened and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for the truth of it. We pray that you would speak to us through your words. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. So, so far we've looked at this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. And we talked about this intimacy of relationship, our dear Father. As I said, I've got a very dear Nepalese friend who would always pray, dear Daddy. And that's the, a picture of that living relationship that Jesus has made for us through, uh, uh, that that, that the Lord Jesus has enabled us to have with the Father. But he he talks about him being our Father in heaven, so he's our creator. Yes, we're made in his image, but we, uh, we are of him, he's not of us. He's our Father in heaven, he's outside and beyond us, he's more than. We need to always remember, he's our father in heaven. Yes, he's dear daddy, but he's more than, he's greater and fuller than we can ever fully comprehend. But then we said, hallowed be your name. May your name be honoured. May your name be known. May your name be great on the earth, in the nations of the earth, as it is already in heaven that prayer, but it's a prayer for ourselves as well. So it's not just that this might happen, that revelation might happen in this world, but that for us, we would pray, may your, your name be hallowed. May I hallow your name by being obedient to your will. And that's, of course, where we get to. Your kingdom come. May your sovereign reign, as, as Ashley so wonderfully unpacked, last Sunday your sovereign reign and rule be seen and be known and be felt everywhere may it be known everywhere that that the kingdom of God that is already there has already come and is already coming and will come in its completeness but there would be that in breaking constantly now and then we come to this last phrase of this first half of the prayer may your will be done May your will. Now, I don't know what you think about when you think about the will of God. I'm going to be honest with you. I grew up, possibly because of the type of church, but I grew up thinking that God's will was a bit like taking medicine. I don't know if anyone else felt that one. Um, You know it's supposed to do you good, but it tastes nasty, and it's it's something to be endured rather than to be endured. And, enjoyed. and that's sort of how I felt a bit about the will of God. As a young teenager, and certainly as an older child, a young teenager, I distinctly remember thinking that God's will was that he was going to send me to Africa. That, I, I'm just being honest. That's how, and, and I used to be terrified I'm going to get sent. And, and at that stage, it was the worst place that I could possibly think of going to. And it's a very odd thing, but this is the will, the will of God, God's in control, and he's going to send me to Africa, and, uh, and somehow it almost felt like a punishment. Now, I want to tell you something. I've had the privilege of going to different parts of Africa at least 15 times. I was trying to count them up the other day. I've had the privilege of going there at least 15 times, and... I want to tell you, there's some of the best times that I've ever had in my walk with God. Possibly some of the most significant encounters, experiences of the closeness of God, as well as the privilege of being a blessing to, to God's people have been in Africa. Of course, when you think about it, when we think about the will of God, why would God want to send me to somewhere I don't want to be? I would just be a pain. The whole thing would be a pain. Now, I'm not saying there aren't times when there are challenges and you're tested. Come to that in a moment. But the truth is that God loves us. He wants the best for us. Amen? He uh, He wants us to know his love. He wants us to know his grace and his mercy. And when we receive that love into our hearts, what happens is our hearts line up with his love our hearts begin to line up with his heart they line up and as they line up with his heart they line up with his will and that can be a place of absolute joy i just loved hearing those two stories as well i love hearing people's stories and and there's more to both of those stories um and 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 talk to these guys and hear but You begin to hear, you know, I'm in this place and I'm doing the things that everybody else does. You heard that mentioned by them both. Different contexts, different parts of the world. And yet there's this hole. And yet there's this, something is missing, it's lacking, it's not there. And I find myself being drawn, being drawn, being drawn to the heart of God. And something gets filled. Something gets renewed. Something gets established as I'm lined up with the love of God and the heart of God and the will of God. But there is something we need to hear in that. There's a choice to be made. As you heard in those stories, and uh, we know in our own lives, there is a choosing. There is a deciding. There is a surrendering. See, when we pray, your will be done. There's a clash going on there. There's a clash, your will be done. You see, that prayer challenges our culture head on. Head on. The world constantly tries to convince us that rebelling against God, doing our own thing, that is where true happiness lies. That's where happiness lies. One of the biggest obsessions in our world today is that of personal freedom. Personal freedom, our right to choose to do what we like, where we like, when we like, with whomever we like. In other words, you are God. You are master, master of your own destiny, to do what you like, make it happen. In that sense, it's about your name. It's about your kingdom. It's what you want. It's about your will. It's your will. What do you want? It's your will. But the Bible teaches us something radically different and many of you here in this room will have experienced it, that the truth, the real truth, and yes there is a truth, it's there in the Bible, we believe in the truth of God's word, is radically different. It's radically different. It's about one who made us and created us, one who knows what is best for us. I need somebody to say amen in a minute, Uh, you need to draw this out of me. See, the human heart was created, we were created to find our deepest desires fulfilled in our relationship with our dear Heavenly Father. Through the Lord Jesus Christ and in the life in the Holy Spirit and by doing His will. By, as we've heard, by being obedient and surrendering to His will. But then there is a joy comes. A joy that is so much fuller and higher and deeper than that immediate joy that the world would offer. As John Piper famously put it, God is most glorified when we are most satisfied in him. In him. So the call of the life of a Christian is a radically different one to the spirit of this age. To be citizens of the kingdom is to be part of something very different. So in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20, it says this, and this is a picture of what's going to happen in a few moments, uh, in an hour or so down at, at Gurnard. I have been crucified with Christ. And, and really, we should, we should make that capital I, I, the I have been crucified. I am dead. So in the baptism, in a, in a little while, they will go down into the water. It's that picture, isn't it? We know that, of dying. I have died with Christ. Now, we don't leave them under there, okay? They, they come up very quickly. It's, it's all right, okay. okay. But I have died. I, my will, has died. I have died with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Hallelujah, come out of the water, okay? I no longer live, Christ lives in me. I've been born again, so that's the picture. There's a new birth. I've been washed clean. I've been born again. I no longer live. I'm now in Christ. I was outside of Christ. I was an alien, separated, divided, far away from God. But I died with Christ and now I've been raised with him, crucified with him. My will has been crucified. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God. I now put my faith in Christ who loved me and gave himself for me. That's the gospel right there. Jesus gave himself for me. I'm joined in his death. And I'm joined in his resurrection. I'm joined with him in many, many ways. But the orientation of my life is now very different. See, that word orientation is used all the time now. We hear it on the news. We hear it in life. We hear it as friends talk about things, friends, they talk about orientation. But for a Christian, we have an orientation, and what has happened is repentance, there's been a turning, I am going, my will, my will. But repentance come, and I say, no longer, no, Father, not my will. I repent and I turn, but yours be done. Yours be done. There's an orientation change. I'm orientated to the Father. I'm orientated to the Word of God. So there's an orientation that shows Now Now, that, that's an ongoing battle and an ongoing walk and we'll come to that in a second it's but there's there's something that has changed i'm walking in a different direction not my will but yours be done it's a very profound prayer to pray see people pray it every day of the week sometimes two or three times a day not your not my will but yours be done do we know what it is that we're saying when we say that, it's a prayer of surrender and obedience. Lord, may my life, my lifestyle, everything that I am, everything that I do, may it come into line with your will, not mine. So Jesus, so you say, well, hang on a minute, Jesus. what was Jesus baptised for? This wasn't about orientation, this wasn't about repentance. No, it wasn't. But I want to say to you, it was about obedience. It's challenging for us to get our head around. I was looking at one or two of the other translations. I came across a translation of that, that Matthew 13. You know, when John says, Me baptize you, it should be the other way around. Jesus said, and this is one translation, it says, For now this is how it should be, because we must do all that God wants us to do. It fulfills all righteousness, it pleases the Father. It pleases the Father. And Jesus, even though he's co-equal with the Father, co-eternal with the Father, in the beginning was the Word. He was with the Father and he was the Word and was with God and he was the Word. He was there. He is God. And yet, Jesus in this incredible economy of the Trinity says, no, I want to please the Father. I want to model something to you. I want to display something to you. Not my will, but yours be done. Now, it's a mystery. I can't get my head around that God is surrendering to God, but uh, come with me. There's a picture there of Jesus, the perfect Son of God, not being baptized for repentance, but uh, uh, displaying obedience and submission to the Father. This pleases the Father. And so for Harry and Ray, what they're doing today, it delights the Father So if there's anyone else here today who says, do you know what, I haven't actually been baptised. Or a baptism that I had, I need to talk to you about, Mark, because I wasn't really a believer, I wasn't following Jesus, I haven't followed him since, I want to talk to you about it. I want to say to you, please talk to us about that. And today, if you want to be baptised for the first time before the Lord, you can be. Ask us about that afterwards and we'll find a towel. So for Harry, for Ray, yes, there is repentance. Yes, there is a surrendering to the will of the Father. It pleases him. So this is challenging, isn't it? It's not going to come without a battle. Some years ago, Jackie and I were asked to look after a Labrador puppy. Has anybody ever had a Labrador puppy? (laughs) Um, Angus has one called Havoc, and it's... uh, (laughs) By name and by nature, although he's a bit calmer now, isn't he? But uh, we were asked to look after a Labrador puppy for two weeks. And we said, yeah, yeah, not a problem. We had no idea. I didn't know that Labradors ate so much fruit. Um, In fact, they eat anything, don't they? Um, Anyway, one of my things, I was recovering from one of my Achilles issues. And I used to take him for walks to a local park. It was a really big park near us called Lydiard, Lydiard Park. Um, but it was really challenging because he would run off. Now, it was okay, it was a big part, but he would run to any of the bins. He loved bins. He would go to the bins, particularly bananas. He had a nose for bananas, okay? He just would find... So we were walking in some woods one day, and he, he dived off in the woods. He came back. Somebody had been walking, eating a banana, thrown a banana skin in the woods, and Archie found it, Okay? So this is the kind of dog he was. Anyway, he was inquisitive, especially uh, rubbish bins, and he would run off. Well, on one occasion, it's this huge big field, and every now and again you get these bins dotted around, and he'd gone hammering off way across the field, and he was at one of these bins. And I was screaming, Archie, Archie. And then I started the pretend game. I'm not really a dog person, but some of you are. So I was like, Archie, look, look what I got. You know, I didn't have anything. Other than the poo bag that you have to carry. But it's like, Archie, look what I got. And because he's so inquisitive, I got his attention. He's way across the field. And I managed with screaming and yelling and pretending to get him to come about halfway across the field. And not a word of a lie, we got to the point and he literally halfway across the field and he stopped. And he looked at me and he looked at the bin that was back over there. And then he looked at me. And he looked at the bin. And, and there was this choice, this decision that was going on. There was a battle for the will. Okay? Shall I go back to the bins where I'm sure there's an old banana skin that I can get to? Or shall I go to that puffing, red-faced, bold guy who's screaming and yelling at me at the other side? Because I think possibly maybe he's got a treat. Please, my picture of God is not of a street screaming and yelling bold guy. (laughs) But you know where I am. Surrender and obedience can be very challenging. There's a battle for the will. I'm aware of my own heart. I know my own heart. I can be praying about something and I can start off confidently Lord, your will be done. Your will be done. But actually, Lord, I don't really want things to change. In fact, if I'm honest, Lord, if it doesn't turn out the way I'd like it to, I'm really going to be quite upset with you, you know? Look, in fact, Lord, can I put it this way? I think I've got it right on this one. So actually, it really needs for you to come in line with me. Um, In fact, honest. Lord, if I'm really honest, this is what I want. Could you just make it happen, please? Um, And by the way, could you make it happen quickly? Thank you. I don't know if any of you are (coughs) are journalists. Uh, You note down significant times in your life. Um, I'm not one who journals every day, but I do journal at significant times when there are big moves in my life or things are happening. And There are moments when I will go for a month or so and I'll just journal things. I would encourage you, if you do have those kinds of things, even if they're scraps of paper in the back of your Bible, go back and revisit them, particularly after some time, because they're very significant. There's a, there's a section in my journals, I've got a whole stash of them, because I'm pushing on a bit now. But... Um, goes back to July, so about this time, just the end of July 1993, 25 years, 25 years ago. It was a very significant week. We were responding to a clear call from God. God had clearly spoken to us about moving to Swindon, which is where we were before, going and being part of a new church plant there. But we had some huge questions. I was praying for uh, my Uh, eldest daughter who just started school we had no school for her to go to and we were being told swindon was this massive place and there were no school places um we had no house to live in and we didn't really have any money to rent a house either and to cap it all i didn't have a job either but god had said go and we were ready to go now there were those around us helping us to check that and to check that that was god and we knew it was god but there were some big questions out there, it's like, how's this going to happen? Now that was because of six months before, on the first Sunday of January 1993, I had responded to a call from God. Someone was preaching a a New Year message, a starter for the year, and they were challenging people to surrender the year, to surrender their lives to God, freshly at the beginning of the year. To surrender their lives to God. And there was a particular song that was being sung at the time, and we used it. Some of you may know it, may remember it, but it, this is what it spoke so clearly. And for years afterwards, this song would roll around in my heart as part of what God did during those days. Shepherd of my soul, I give you full control. Wherever you may lead, I will follow. I've made a choice. To listen for your voice. Wherever you may lead, I will go. Be it in the quiet pasture or by a gentle stream, the shepherd of my soul will be my side. Should I face a mighty mountain or a valley dark and deep, the shepherd of my soul will be my guide. Now you can pray that and you can stand up on January the 1st and say, shepherd of my soul, I give you full control. And I meant it. I meant it, but then six months later, no school, no house, no job. I'm living in a big Baptist manse with lots of room, I've got a nice salary job in the in the local church, everything sorted. Shepherd of my soul, I give you full control. Could you do this quickly, please? <laughs> When I pray, your will be done. I'm saying, Lord, I will listen to you. I will listen for your voice. More than that, I will be obedient to your voice. That's what I loved what Harry just said there as as she finished. You see, it's one thing to hear the voice of the Lord, but will I respond to the voice of the Lord? Archie's there in the middle of the field, and Mark is shouting and, uh, you know, and, and, and telling you know, speaking to him in that sense. It's like, will I go this way, towards those old rubbish bins, or will I go to the voice of the Master? And there's a choice. There's a decision. See, I'm saying your will be done, but it's not just I'm ready to hear your voice I will be obedient to your voice not my will but yours be done see obedience is not fashionable is it it's not fashionable Many, many parents are even challenged these days and provoked in terms of how to bring up their children. What does it look like to bring up my children? How do I do this? Because some of the the ways of obedience that would have been known and understand, they're no longer fashionable. They seem to have gone out of fashion. So I don't know what to do anymore. I'm not saying that all the old ways are all the right ways. What I'm saying is, that it's it's about my will. We need to just release everyone to have their own will. But the Bible's uh, orientation is completely different. No, it's not my will. It's yours. Be done. And the Father, in his wisdom, great wisdom, has given parents that they might come to the Father, listen to the Father, and that they might guide their children. But I dare to even say that I believe some, some parents are even frightened that they might bring their children to obedience because what, what, they won't have their will anymore. Something very different in the Bible. These are challenging things, aren't they? Ephesians 5 verse 17. Do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Ah, here's a chink of light so we can ask. We can ask, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Romans 12, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you will be able to understand what the Lord's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. Okay? So there is understanding to be done. There is growing to be done. There's asking to be done. And so another element in praying your will be done is to pray, Lord, I want to know your will. Please would you speak to me? Please would you show me 1 John 5, 14. This is the confidence that we have in approaching God. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So I want to pursue God and I want to say, Father, I want to know you more. Holy Spirit, Spirit of truth, come and fill me that I might know the Father, I might know the Son, that I might be in the will of the Father. That's why we're asking to be filled with the Spirit. That's why we read the Bible That's why we want to be full of the Word and full of the Spirit that we might know the will of the Father. And then we can have confidence approaching God because I'm asking in accordance with His will. Now, Clearly there's a real motivation here to know the will of God, to come with confidence knowing that we're lined up with Him, knowing the result of this is that He will hear us. So that's what I'm praying. I'm praying, Lord, help me to know, help me to understand you and your will for me so that I can line my will up with yours. I've got this idea, I've got that idea, I've got plans for this and that to happen, but Lord, your will. It's your will that matters. I need to know your will and to line up with your will. Learning to start hearing the voice of God. You say, I want to start hearing the voice of God. That's another sermon for another day. How do we hear the voice of God? It's a favourite subject. I love that subject. I want to say the starting place for hearing the voice of God and knowing the will of God is to say, your will be done. But be warned here, that's going to require response. Because if you say, Lord, your will be done, and he begins to speak, will you respond? Will you respond? Now, I am aware that people can get very worried. I grew up, again, in a type of church where people were very, very frightened that they, they weren't in the will of God. And, uh, and they would get very nervous. What happens if I miss the will of God? I believe it's about the attitude of our hearts. Now, I, I don't want to be misunderstood here because I, I think there are good, good cases for this. But when I was a kid growing up, particularly Christians, used to use the letters DV. Now, I know that my dear brother Paul still uses... He's the only person that I know who uses the letters DV. Um, But I remember lots of people, if they ever wrote a letter, if they ever wrote anything, if they ever said anything, they would just say, they would say DV. Now, DV stands for Deo Valente. It's Latin. It means the Lord willing. The Lord willing. Now I know that for some, and Paul, please hear my heart, I know for some, absolutely their hearts were in the right place and I know when Paul is saying it, it's based on a scripture which I'll mention in just a moment. But I also know that lots of people used to use it a bit like in the old days when you cross fingers. People would say, oh, DV, DV. And they, it's a bit like a lucky charm. So on the one hand, we can get a bit like that. It's like, oh, well, only if God allows. Only, and it, and it, it's, almost, it's almost like a fear. It's almost like a, a superstition. But you see, then, on the other hand, we can get really flippant. On the other side, we can say, oh, well, I'm under grace. So God's will be done, whatever. He doesn't mind. He's my mate. He's my friend. I can do what I like, really. And so there's, there, there can be these two. There can be this fear. And almost a superstition, or there can be a flippancy. I don't believe that either of those... right, what I believe is key and what we've been saying through the whole of this prayer so far is it's about our approach to God. Yes, it's dear daddy, dear father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And so it's an approach, it's an attitude of our hearts. Dear father in heaven, I realise my place before you. Your name is above all other names. You are sovereign, you reign, you rule over all things. Please help me to acknowledge that you are in control. I want to be directed by you. Even more than that, I'm open to change. I'm open to your will being done, not mine. Help me to submit to your will, not mine. She's like, our Father, art in heaven, hallowed be our name, your kingdom come. No, hold on a minute, what are you saying? What are you saying? What are you saying? What's the meaning? Our Father, my place before you, name above all names, sovereign, reigning over all things. You are in control. I will be directed by you. I will be obedient to you. The verse that I think that, that those letters sometimes come from, James chapter 4 verse 13. Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow, we'll go to this or that city, we'll spend a year there, we'll carry on business, we'll make money. Why? You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You're a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or do that. I think that's where the Lord willing, the DV, comes from. But there's an attitude of heart, Lord, Lord willing, I'm surrendered to you. It also underlines the challenge and the reality of life. Things happen, don't they? There are changes and adjustments that have to be made, and sometimes they are sudden. Just to extend that little story about Swindon so we were then, we did go and we lived in a rented house, got provided for us. And one particular house was some missionaries. He was a pilot with MAF, he was flying uh, into little remote towns and villages. And uh, he said, we're going to be gone for 20 years. You, here's our house. It was a lovely house. Um, you can use our house. And we pray, paid a very nominal amount. And it was God's provision. We were very excited. And then suddenly, just before Christmas, we got an email. And the email said, oh, life has changed. Everything's changed. We want to give you as much notice, but we want our house back. And it's like, What? Jackie was, you know, really settling in there. This is for the long haul. We're bringing up the children. The school is just around the corner, literally. And suddenly, you know, one day, it's 20 years sorted. How many of you know that? You know, you know, this is what's happening. It's sorted. And then an email comes. A phone call comes. A letter comes. Something happens. How do we respond what happens when the plans we had get changed? How do we react? What happens when we find ourselves in painful circumstances or serious illness, personal tragedy, redundancy, serious wrong being done to you, things being said about you by others? When I just don't understand. It just doesn't make sense. I'm challenged to the deep depths of my core. How do I respond in those moments. Just come with me one second as we draw to a close. Come with me to Matthew 26, verse 36. Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. He said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. He said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, my father, if it's possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples, he found them sleeping. Could you not watch with me for one hour, he asked Peter. Watch and pray that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. He went away a second time and prayed, my father, if it's not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. He came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy, he left them and went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. Your will be done. Then he returned to the disciples and said to them, are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour is near. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let's go. Here comes my betrayer. Brothers and sisters, I don't in any way want to ever belittle the pain or the challenges that some of us have gone through, are going through, or will go through. I don't have all the answers to why some of these things happen But what I know is this, the Lord Jesus, that in the Lord Jesus, we have one who in all of his humanity, one who is just like us, yes, fully God, but also in his humanity, went through something as terrible as anything that any of us are ever likely to experience, and yet was able to say, Father, not your will, but mine be done. And the result of, sorry, the other way around. Father, yes, thank you, Debbie. Father, not my will, but yours be done. And the result of that obedience is that you and I are able to sit here today to sing the songs that we were singing, to rejoice, to know I've been forgiven, I've been accepted, I've got a place in a heaven. There's an eternal joy That is set before me. Yes, there are battles, there are struggles, there are concerns. Jesus went through that. He said, "Not my will, (laughs) make sure, but yours be done." The result of His obedience is that we can know His love, His forgiveness, and personal relationship with Him. See, when I pray, "Your will be done," I'm. I want to ask you, am I saying I'll follow you as long as you do all the things I want you to do, as long as I am happy? No, I am saying, Lord, I'm looking to you, this is what I'd like to happen, this is what I'm asking you about, but I declare my trust in you. Even if you don't answer, I want you to know I will trust you. I was saying to Ashley, I was reminded of those guys in the fiery furnace. Our God is with us, he's for us, but even if he doesn't appear, he's still God. Just incredible declaration of faith there in Daniel. But there is this declaration. Now I understand Jesus, all that he did for me. I declare you to be good. Father, would you bring me to that place where I accept your will? I will say this if Jesus asked the Father three times to be released from that situation, I do recognize that for some of us it's going to take a real working through to a place where we can say, Your will be done. But He did it. There may be times that we want to be very clear with the Lord we are hurting. Lord, this hurts. I'm concerned. I don't know where the answers are coming from. And I believe he's big enough to take that. I believe that we can speak to him clearly and honestly, but we do it from a place of saying, but not my will, yours be done. Sin and suffering is real, but our Father in heaven is also real. The Lord Jesus Christ is living today. He has gone through this. God is sovereign. God is in control. He is still on the throne. He is good all the time. The truth is that often it's in the hardest times. I learned more in those times in in, in June, July, August uh, 1993, whenever it was, about listening to the voice of God. See, when everything's going fine and I've got all the things that I need, I tend not to ask Him very much, do I? I tend not to be listening. But when I'm saying school, house, job, how's it all going to work out? Every hour of every day, of every minute, I'm listening, I'm listening, I'm learning, I'm digging into the words. And so so often it is in those hard times, those challenging times that God teaches us and he grows us. But I want to say to you, there's grace for us in those moments. If you're going through that today, there is grace for you today. There is one who said, not my will, but yours be done. Just as I finish, why don't I invite you to stand. I'm just going to read the words of a very, very famous song that many of you will know of by heart. But I, I just feel that this, it just helps us to respond as we finish. And if you are battling with, and struggling with some things, I just want to invite you just to be before the Lord. If there are historical things that you know you've never really given to him, where you've been hurt or there are battles, struggles, I just want to invite you today, make a choice, make a decision. Say, Lord, I'm come again to you. I don't want to look back to that bin anymore. The bin, I don't want to look back to some of that trash, some of those things. Lord, it's time. To turn to you, it's time to turn to your voice. Lord, blessed be your name. In the land that is plentiful, where streams of abundance flow, blessed be your name. Blessed be your name when I'm found in the desert place, when I'm walking through the wilderness, Lord. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name when the sun's shining down on me. When the world's all as it should be. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name on the road marked with suffering. Lord, there's pain in the offering. But blessed be your name. Every blessing you pour out, I will turn back to praise. When the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will say, blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. You give and you take away. You give and you take away. My heart will choose to say, Blessed your will be done. Blessed be your name. Lord, I, I pray today, Lord, that as choices and decisions are made here in this house, Lord, as people say, I, Lord, I want to hear your voice and I choose to be obedient. Pray again, Lord, for Harry and Ray as we go down to be baptised. Lord, as they're choosing, as Jesus said, no, this pleases the Father. It's the will of the Father. I want to please, even Jesus, I want, to, I want to please the Father. I pray for Harry and for Ray as they make that choice, that decision today publicly. Lord, bless them as they do that. And for each person here today who's saying, I'm going to listen to the voice of the Lord. And more than that, I'm going to be obedient to what he says. I pray, Lord God, that they, people here today would know your hand of blessing, your, your encouragement, your strength. Lord, we, we just say again, your kingdom come, your will be done, here on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.